was a dark and stormy night, the kind that grips you with fright, cause the raging wind is howling like a beast, and the rain pounds without cease. In the darkness I stood alone, with nothing but my thoughts to roam, as lightning flashed across the sky, illuminating fears that I felt and I could not deny. In the middle of the storm's fierce might, I felt a stirring, an urge to take flight, escape the night, and leave behind what held me tight, and chase my dreams and win the fight. But the winds and rain clung hard to me, while I tried and tried to set myself free from the darkness, from the secrets, and from the unknown. Or could I make the storm my own? Was there a way to figure it out? Beyond a doubt, a way out. I looked about, but I couldn't see a way out. I couldn't break free. But then, a light came looking for me. It was that light that set me free from the storm that roared inside of me. He was that light, a shining light. That light who brought me hope and helped me to ignite a fire that would burn so bright and make all right my dark and stormy night. Storylines. Write good things. So, full disclosure here, I have always been a creature of fear. I was born that way as a very frightened child, I guess you could say. I can remember when I was, from my youngest days, I can, was afraid. I can remember being afraid of the dark. I always needed to have the hall light on and the door opened a little bit or a nightlight. Uh, I, I was afraid of clowns. When I, when, we, when I was young, I lived in Grand Rapids, and I still remember the day that my parents took me to a parade and, like, traumatized me. I'm still working to get over that. I was scared to death of clowns. I was afraid of my second-grade reading teacher, Miss Healy. I don't really even remember why, but she scared me to death. And she only came in and read with us like twice a week. And every single time she did that, it would get me so upset. I would get sick to my stomach, and I would go to the office and ask if I could go home. That's how much I was afraid of Miss Healy. Now, the good news is that many of those fears have subsided with age. I can now go to bed and not need a nightlight. Clowns are okay. And I have no idea where in the world Miss Healy is today. But if I run into her on the street, I'm pretty sure I can take her. <laughs> but I still have my fears. And growing up doesn't make your fear go away. See, my fears, they just changed a little. Or my fears became so much a part of me that, that I stopped recognizing them as fears. And I just started recognizing them of, that's just the way that I am. And then what I also did is I, I changed the names a little bit because nobody wants to be an adult scary cat or chicken. So, so I don't really have fears anymore. I have insecurities. I have anxieties. I have my apprehensions. I have my doubts, some inhibitions maybe. I have my hesitancies. And then this is my favorite. I'm just a cautious person. And maybe you can relate. But let's not make a mistake here. There's still fears, and generally speaking, fear is not my friend. 
And fear is not your friend. Now, I get it. Sometimes fears can be a good thing, right? Like, we should be afraid to touch the hot stove, and, and we should be a, afraid uh, to, to get in trouble, and we should be afraid to drive the wrong way on the street. Those fears can be good, but for the most part, fears are not a good thing because fears keep us from doing what we should do. And fears affect us in significantly negative ways. But here's what I find when I'm experiencing fear in my life. It hits me in two places. First of all, it hits me right here. Like when I'm really nervous or when I'm really anxious or when I've got a really scary situation that's going on, it just starts churning right here, and it's like I can't eat. In fact, fear is like my best weight loss plan. If I, if I can just get enough stress in my life, I can lose weight. Now, some people, it's the opposite, I realize. Not for me. It's like, okay, here we go. It's just churning. I'm not eating. The other thing, it's, it doesn't just churn here. It churns up here. And I can get like, a, like the thought loop going through my mind that's just ridiculous sometimes. And it's like all I can think about, all I can think about, all I can think about. I, I've talked about um, my fear of heights and, and how I struggle with that and taking a hike on the High Line Trail in Glacier National Park. And, and my wife's just, you know, going along the trail like, oh, this is awesome. Look at this view. I love it. And right behind her is her husband. If I fall, I'm dead. If I fall, I'm dead. If I fall, that's the only thought that can go through my mind. In fact, she's basically like filming me walking backwards. You know, if she falls, she's dead. But at least she'll have a good video to take with her. But we deal with these fears, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who deals with fears. And maybe you can identify a specific one today, and maybe you can just kind of identify that feeling that you get sometimes. But kids, it's true, isn't it? You deal with fears. Maybe it's not Miss Healy, but maybe it's the bully at school. Or maybe it's the possibility that you might have to sit by yourself at lunch. Or that people won't be friends with you. Or that somebody might actually be mean to you. And, and maybe you go through some anxiety at school. I remember when my little Lindsay, little Lindsay, not anymore, but when she was in second grade, she was in Miss Redmond's class. And Miss Redmond had this deal where at, at school started at 8, and at 7.50, 10 minutes to 8, she would start a countdown clock in her classroom because she wanted the kids when they came in in the morning to see how much time they had left before they needed to be in their seat and ready to go. Well, we lived literally one mile from the school building, and I drove my kids to school every morning, and it literally took less than three minutes to get there. So if we left at 10, at 10 till in the morning, that was plenty of time to get there, right? But it drove little Lindsay crazy. Because once that clock hit 10 till in our house, she knew the timer was going at school, and it gave her incredible anxiety, which it really would have been helpful if she would have told us that sometime before her junior year of high school. Because we probably could have dealt with it, but she talked about the trauma of going to school every day and knowing that clock was ticking and ticking in her mind like that, you know? Even as kids, we deal with fears, but we do as adults, too. Have you noticed that? They change a little bit, but my guess is that you have some fear in your life too. Maybe it's the fear of loneliness or being alone. Maybe it's the fear of getting older. Maybe it's the fear of change. Maybe it's the fear of failure, and we have that fear of failure because we've tried before and we failed, and we know how bad it hurts. And so we're afraid of failing again. We fail that nothing is going to get better. We fear that finances are going to go bad, or that our health's going to go bad, or that our job's going to disappear. 
or, or we fear being exposed for the frauds that we all feel like. And we do. And we fear rejection and we fear making the wrong choices and we fear speaking up sometimes and we fear being known as a Christian and we fear being vulnerable and letting people see what's really going on inside of us and we all have our fears. And we all have our grown-up versions of fear. And sometimes those are even worse than those childhood fears. More intimidating, more limiting, more inhibiting. And they can lead to what we've been calling a dark and stormy night. So my question this morning is, what are you afraid of? What's the fear that you're dealing with in your life right now that's holding you back some way or that's tearing you up inside or that's just running on that hyper loop through your mind but that is affecting you in some way? What is that fear that's part of your story? Are you okay with that? Are you okay with feeling that way? Are you okay with living scared? Or would you be willing to push back on fear? Because that's what I want to encourage all of us to do this morning. And I want to encourage that by looking at a story that shows up in 2 Kings, chapter 6. So we're going to go there in just a minute, so you can go and take a look at that. In just a minute, I'm going to ask some of our kids to come back up and help us. But what is fear exactly? Fear is a emotional reaction or an unpleasant feeling connected to a perceived threat of danger, which is either real or imagined. Let me read that again. Fear is an emotional reaction or an unpleasant feeling that's connected to a perceived threat of danger, either real or imagined. And so what fear is, is we look at something and we perceive or we think it's going to play out a certain way, and that creates an emotional reaction in us, and that emotional reaction starts to affect how we react or how we respond to it. And that perception, whatever we think is going to happen, becomes our reality, whether or not it's going to happen. Whatever my perception was of Miss Healy in second grade, that became my reality. My guess is that she'd never harmed a second grader in her life. But for some reason, I thought I might be the first. But we deal with those types of fears in our lives, and something that may or may not be true, something that may or may not be real, still feels threatening to us. And so we accept it as being true and as being real, even when it's not. So how does fear affect us? Well, it affects us in a lot of different ways, doesn't it? Sometimes it affects us by paralyzing us. We don't know what to do. So we do nothing. And that's as far as we get. And we're plagued by indecision. Sometimes we react irrationally. And some fear comes up or some situation comes up and and we imagine the worst. You know, like, okay, this is going to be nothing else in this world has ever been this cataclysmic before, and it's now happening to me, and there's nothing I can do about it. And we forecast negatively, and we overstate the threat, and we come to foolish conclusions, and we do things like fighting and getting into it, or we run away, and we do all kinds of crazy things. Why? Because of fear, and it's totally an emotional, irrational response. Sometimes we compromise. We take the path of least resistance. We do what we don't even think we should do because it's easier, because there's less consequence. Sometimes we resort to what I would call evasive maneuvers. 
how do I avoid whatever that is that's scaring me? And so we do avoidance. You know, I don't return the phone call or I don't bring up the subject in the conversation over here. Or we procrastinate. Oh, I'll just deal with that tomorrow. And the good news is when you get to tomorrow, you can just do that tomorrow. And we just keep throwing tomorrow out there and we procrastinate. Those are all evasive maneuvers. They're like we just deny it. Like, okay, I'm not even going to think about it. Sometimes we just quit. We just admit the defeat and we haven't even tried. And we're just way too willing to just accept what is because we're afraid of making the effort and failing and so we just bail. And we give in to the emotions and pan panic and anxiety, inner distress, dread, defeat. All this darkness actually is inside us. And we put on the happy face and we're like, hey, I'm good. And all these things are going on in the background because of fear. You know, another thing that fear leads us to, though, it's faithlessness. We simply forget about God. When I'm dealing with something that scares me, I can get so locked in on that that I stop thinking about God. And it becomes faithlessness. Or it might be true the other way, too, that, that sometimes that um, faithlessness causes fear. But whatever it is, we need a plan so that we can push back against it. And so this morning, we're going to take a look at a story that's got two guys in it that are both facing the same situation, both facing what I think looks like a pretty frightening situation. One of them seems to be terrified. And one of them seems to be, okay, bring it on. If you've met people like that in life or, or been in a situation like that in life where, where something's coming up and one person's like panicked and frantic and like, ah, and the other person's just like, have you ever wondered how one could be one way and the other could be that when they're facing the exact same situation? And I realize it could be, you know, personality or it could be experience and perspective. But it could also be a faith issue. And some people are more calm when they're facing what we would label fearful situations simply because they have more faith. Well, if any of the kids want to help me here, I want to tell this story. So come back up here to the, the, the platform, any of my uh, storytellers here, and we're going to get some, uh, some story. And give us a little second here to get this set up. Well, if you look in 2 Kings chapter 6 there, we have the story, and it's the story about Elisha's life here. And so uh, we're going to, you think you look like an Elisha? There you go, okay? I don't know what prophets wear, but that looked like a pretty prophety thing here. So, so we're going to put you over here, Elisha. Elisha needs an assistant. Anybody want to be Elisha's assistant? Okay, you're going to be Elisha's assistant, okay? Or his, what they would call servant or assistant over here. Now we have two kings in this story. We don't actually know these. Well, we know one king's name. His name was Jehoram. He was the king of Israel. You look like a king, okay? There you go. You can go over there, king of Israel. Uh, we'll, we'll have you stand right, right there. And then we have the king of Syria. You look like a king of Syria. Yes, okay. Now we're going to have you come stand right here. Now, okay. Now, I've got jobs for all of you, okay, before we're done. And I'm going to need some help from the audience, too. So before we're done here, so I'm going to need like 
like eight people that are going to help me from the audience. So if you're one of those really shy people who are afraid to be a part of weird things on the platform, this might not be for you. But if you want to break through that fear, this is your opportunity, okay? So here's how the story goes. Well, you can come over here, okay? So here's how the story goes. And I'm going to tell this more than read it, but you can follow along a little bit in, in 2 Kings chapter 6 here. So we have the king of Israel over here, okay? And we have the king of Syria over here. And they were next-door kings, next-door neighbors. They lived in next-door countries. Okay, see how they're waving at each other? That wasn't happening. They were very angry with each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, what happened here is they kind of would come up here, and they would, you know, mm, they would make mean Yeah, that's what's going on, okay? Totally what's going on there. So, the king of Syria here, and we don't know his name, decided, what's that? Oh, I thought we were going to give him one, okay, Fred, but uh, whatever it happens to be. But he decided that, you know what, I'm going to take out the king of Israel. I'm going to attack him, okay? So what he did is he got his army together, hello army, and he said, here's what our plan is, okay? So come over here and gather the army of Syria, and here's what the plan is. I'm, I'm telling you what the king just told me, okay? The king, we're going to wait until the king of Israel is walking down the path, and we're going to hide, okay? And when the king of Israel walks down the path, he's not going to know that we're hiding. And we're going to jump out and scare the bejeebers out of him, okay? Got it? Okay, now, we're going to hide behind those trees. So, I, wait, wait, what are you talking about? I need, I need two tree people. You look like a good tree person. You look like a good tree person, okay? You're going to have to move my trees around a little bit, okay? So, let's go. So, we're going to put the king of Israel over here, okay? And let's see, we're going we're gonna to go, okay, all you army, you need to go hide behind the trees here. All right? So, army, come over here and hide behind the trees. All of you army Syrians, okay? Okay, yeah, you go hide over there behind the trees. And what's going to happen, okay, is, is when the king of Israel walks through here, okay, you're going to jump out and, ha, okay? Now, we don't want to ruin the story, so we're going to have to practice, though. So I'm going to be the king of Israel just for a minute here, okay, so we can practice, okay? So I just come walking along here, and I'm not paying any attention to it. Wait, I haven't gotten there yet. Wait, wait, wait. You're behind the tree, not in front of the tree. Okay, let's try that one more time, okay? Here we go. And I'm walking along, and right about here. All right. Did, did, did that scare you? No, it didn't scare me either. Okay, we got to try that again. All right, let's try that again, all right? So the king, okay, we got what we're doing this time, right? Okay, I want to be terrified, okay? Because I want to, when the king of Israel gets here, the king needs to know that he's in trouble, okay? So here we go. <laughs> that is so much better, okay? That's awesome. Okay, so here's what happens, okay? Elijah and your servant are over here. Okay, get over there with your, your mean, nasty, bad army. And you can hide with them. And so what happens is one day... The king, now don't go too fast here. The king of Israel starts walking along this path, not knowing that he is in big trouble. Pause. 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 We almost just rewrote the Bible there, okay? That was, that was really dangerous. Well, the king has no idea what's about to happen, but here's what happens with Elisha, all right? God comes to Elisha and says, you know what? 
somebody needs to tell the king of Israel that if he keeps going in that direction, the king of Syria is going to get him. So, do you have anybody that you know that could go tell the king that? Yes, good idea. So the servant needs to go tell Eli or, or tell the king, don't go that way, all right? Okay, so the king of Israel turns and starts back this way. Pause. Come out of here, king of the king of Syria is like, oh, what just happened there? That wasn't right. Like we had it all set up. We're taking this king down. And somehow the king knew not to go that direction. But being a very, I get very confused on my he or she kings here, sorry. But uh, being a very wise king is, or being a very shrewd, it's like, you know what? Now the king of Israel is going this direction. Maybe we need to set up over here. So the trees and all the army came over here and set up the same thing again. You got you to be, you gotta be sneaky about it, guys. You got to be sneaky. Got to be sneaky about it. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, should we practice again? Okay, because it didn't happen last time, and I don't know, you might have gotten out of practice. So if the king of Israel walks through here, what are you going to do? That is actually kind of scary, you know? So, okay. So here's what happens. The king of Israel goes walking along, and pause, and God comes to Elisha again and says, hey, Elisha, somebody needs to tell the king of Israel, don't go that direction because something bad's going to happen. And so Elisha says, I better get a message there. So he tells us, Servant who, go ahead, tell your servant. Okay, and the servant goes over and tells the king what? Well, I'm not the king. No, tell the king. Stop, okay. And the king's like, oh, I better not go that direction. And so it goes back over here. Well, come on out here, king. And come on out, no, just leave, your, just leave your trees where they are for the moment, okay? Just leave your trees where they are. Come on out here, army. You guys are over there. No, 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 no. You're over here. They're over there. Okay. Come on. Come on. I want to talk to you, Army. Okay? Come on out. Come out from your hiding places. There you go. That's okay. Now, so the king calls all of the army out and says, you know what? I just don't get it. Every time it's like we've got the, the king of Israel just where we, can, where we want him, somebody tells him that we're hiding, and the king goes another direction. And finally, one of them says, you know what's going on, king? Who would like to say that? Say, you know what's going on, king? Oh, no, no. Okay, right here. You know what's going on, king? You know what's going on, king. Nice, right? Okay. You got a future, okay? Uh, you know what's going on, king? Do you know what's going on? Oh, well, what's going on is the fact that somebody must, well, the king thought somebody must be a spy, right? But it, nobody was a spy. It was actually Elisha, and that's what he said. It's Elisha that's the problem. Elisha keeps telling everything that you're about to do. In fact, Elisha knows so much about you, king, that it's like he could sit in your bedroom and listen to you talk. And so the king's like, well, we've got to have a plan. And so the plan shifted now. They were no longer after the king of Israel. They decided we are going to get rid of Elisha because Elisha is obviously the problem, right? Anybody have any ideas? Yep. What? what? Oh, okay. 
Let's split up a group. A very shrewd man. I'd be nervous if I were his parents. Okay, so here's what they decided. We'll wait until it becomes night, and then we will. So they found out that Elisha and his servant were staying right here in this city called Dothan. So you guys are both standing right here. And they waited till it was night, and what they did, ooh, they snuck up and they surrounded the city. They surrounded this city, okay? So I need you to make a big circle here. You can go wherever you want to go, okay? No, don't, Elisha, don't go right here. You just stay right here, face the audience. And there's a big circle around them, okay? Yes, a big, scary circle around them. Okay, now... This is where I need my volunteers. Please help me out here, okay? It's people who can come up here and be, help me out, okay? So you, number one, who else can help me out here? There you go. Okay, Daniel, come on up. Alan, come on up. Yes, Tom, come on up. So good. Okay, you guys. Sure, Joe, come on up. Okay. Put you all to the... To, 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 yeah, all right, Eileen, great. Okay, now you guys need to kind of go up and kind of like turn around back to the audience here, facing the other direction, kind of up around there, okay? There you go. You guys are all kind of there. So, all right, so it's nighttime. Everybody's sleeping. Well, Elisha and his servant are sleeping, but the scary army of Syria has surrounded them, and when Sunlight comes up. What are you guys going to do? You're going to scare them. Are you ready? Oh, the sun's up? Okay, now. Wow, all right. So the sun comes up, and Elisha and the servant realize they're completely surrounded by the Syrian army. And the servant is like, ah, what are we going to do? And Elisha is, okay, can we do, no? hey, what are we going to do? All right, well, we'll take it, okay? And Elisha is like, Elisha, I'm talking to you, okay? Stop worrying about the army, okay? I'm talking to you, and Elisha's like, ah, oh, we're good. Okay, and he said to his servant, what I want you to do, though, is I want you to look up in the hills around you on the other side of the Syrian army and see what you see. And there they are. Turn around and look there, Elisha and servant. Wow. Okay, that's supposed to be a scary, fiery army. Come on, there we go. And it's chariots of fire, and it was a whole scary thing. And what was the point? They didn't need to be scared. God had it, right? All right, we're going to finish the rest of the story by reading it. Thank you to everybody who helped out here. You were awesome. You can go back and have a seat. Yes. Thank you, all of the adults, for being good sports there, too. I appreciate it. So we're in 2 Kings chapter 6. And if you've been following the story here, I want to pick up in verse number 15. And we're going to, we're going to read through the rest of the story, see how it turns out. But, but we really want to focus on what's going on right here. Um, well, verse number 13, the report comes to the king of Syria that Elisha is in Dothan. 
Then the king, verse number 14, sent horses and chariots and a strong force there, and they went by night and surrounded the city. Think about the irony of that, by the way. Elisha knows everywhere that the king of Israel, or excuse me, the king of Syria goes. And so the king of Syria says, here's what we'll do is we'll just go at night. Maybe he won't notice. It's just kind of ironic that he thought he was somehow going to feel uh, fool Elisha, who always seemed to know what was going on there. But then this, um, verse number 15, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do, the servant asked. To put that in today's language, is like, ha! We're, we're doomed. We're, we're goners here. It's all going to crash in on us, and, and we are not going to escape. You know, we can fight, but there's only two of us. That's not going to go well. We can run, but we're not going to break through the lines. I guess we could surrender. That doesn't sound like very much fun. You know, that's about all we got. And he believed probably that his demise was just moments away. So, Elisha, okay, in fact, let's just do that right now. Since you all have sunglasses, it's time to put them on. Because this is how the servant, and I realize if you're in glasses, that might be hard, but do your best. This is how the servant was seeing life. We're in trouble here. We're surrounded. Uh, we're never going to make it. This situation that we're facing, nobody's ever faced a situation like this before. This thing that I'm dealing with, I, I, nobody's ever gone this. We're all in huge, huge trouble here. And they put the sunglasses on. But I say that, and we use these sunglasses in illustration because this is how fear affects our world. Fear affects our world by bringing darkness into the way that we see things and we look at things. And nobody's giving you permission to take off your sunglasses yet, by the way. But we will. At the same time, we see Elisha completely calm, not overly bothered, just kind of standing there looking at this army, not showing a whole lot of fear. And we see how he deals with it if we keep reading. So if you need to take your glasses off to read, that's fine. But when you're done reading, you have to put them back on. Okay, here we go. Verse number 16, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And the servant looks around. I don't think he saw anybody except Elisha. And he's like, I don't know about that one. But Elisha prayed them, verse number 17, Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots and fire all around Elisha. And as the enemy came toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. That's interesting, isn't it? That that great army that surrounded the Syrian army, they didn't even use that. God had a different plan, but Elisha told these people, uh, so, so God, verse number 16, 18 rather, struck them with blindness as Elisha asked. And Elisha said, this is not the road, this is not the city you're in the wrong place. You're looking for the wrong person. Follow me. I'll lead you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to Samaria, and they entered the city. And Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they looked, and there they were inside Samaria. And when the king saw him, he said, okay, Elisha, shall I kill him? And he's like, no, 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 don't kill him. Just feed him and send him home. 
Strange reaction to that, but it basically solved the problem. You can read that there. But in this story, then, I want to deal with this issue of fear. And as we wrap up this morning here, how do we deal with fear in our lives? And I think there are five or six things from this story that can be super helpful to us. The first one is this, choose not to be afraid. Now, that's like the most unhelpful suggestion ever, right? Okay, you're afraid, just don't be. Okay, how do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked, okay? Because every point after this is how we can choose not to be afraid. But the important point to get right here is the fact that fear is a choice at some level. Or you can at least say this much, the way that you respond to a fearful or threatening situation is a choice. And sometimes we look at fearful things in our lives and say, well, I can't do anything about that. I just got to hang on here. Okay, but that's your choice to approach it that way. You have a choice to approach it another way. And so Elisha says in verse number 16, don't be afraid. So here's how not to be afraid. The second thing, believe that God is with you. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Those who are with us. God is with us. God's army is with us. And one of the greatest ways that we can push back against fear in our lives, whether you're a kid, a teenager, adult, whatever, is to remember that God is with us. Remember when you're a kid, like you woke up in the middle of the night and you're scared to death with a bad dream or whatever, what did you always do? You always went over to be with mom and dad. I can remember my kids doing that. And then they come in your room and they just stare at you. And then you wake up and then you're afraid too? Like, what is going on? I had one kid who never woke us up. He would just climb into bed. I'd wake up in the morning and there would be Luke right in the middle of the bed. I'm like, okay, I guess if he's good, I'm good. But we want to be with somebody when we're afraid. And this is the, the encouragement that we have when you're in a situation. I don't care what the situation is. God is with us. The verse that we're going to look at for this week is Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear for I am with you. Have you noticed in the Bible how many times it says don't fear? That's an instruction. That means that you don't have to. But what is the reason that goes with it? Don't fear because I am, help me, with you you. That's awesome, isn't it? To think about the fact that God is with you. He's with you at school. He's with you at work. God is with you in the car. He's with you at practice. He's with you in the meeting. He's with you at the dinner table. He's with you in the dark. He's with you in the darkness of your disappointment. He's with you at the doctor's office. He's with you on the phone call to your kids. He's with you in your confusion. He's with you when you're facing opposition. He's with you when you take that test or when you face the test. God is with you. He is always with you. He cannot not be with you. And the antidote, one of the antidotes to fear is what? The fact that God is with you. And if you believe that God is with you, well, then you can take off these glasses of fear. Second thing here, or third thing, however you're counting, you need to focus on what is true. There's a song out there that, uh, it's been out there for a little while, but I forget even who did it in the Christian music world. Fear is a liar. But when we deal with fear in our lives, it's because we are accepting lies. See, the lie was 
that Elisha and his servant were in big trouble because they were surrounded. The truth was the Syrian army was in big trouble because they were opposing God. And what happens when we deal with fear is we tell ourselves lies or we believe lies and they just are not the truth. This is never going to work out. Or this is the worst thing that can ever happen to me. I'm probably not going to survive this. I'm going to be humiliated in this situation. It's never going to get any better than that. Okay, first of all, you can't prove any of those things. Secondly, they're not even truth. They're just your perception of a situation. And the truth is what? That God is in control in your life. The truth is that God is with you. The truth is that God is big enough. The truth is that God's got a whole army sitting out there that you can't even see if he needs it and if you need it. That's what truth is. And so what we have to do sometimes is we have to focus on what is the truth. And we need to get perspective. And if you can't get perspective, then sometimes you need to go to somebody else who can help you get perspective. And I talk about this a lot. I'm a firm believer in that if you need to get counseling, get counseling. Why not? But you know what a counselor does? The same thing that Elisha did with a servant. The counselor says, hey, you know what? You're probably not seeing what's true in this situation. And maybe you, if you're really dealing with a fearful situation, you may need to sit down, even if it's just with a friend, and say, help me to know what's true here. Because all these things that I'm telling myself in my mind, they're not truth. And so we need to focus on the truth. And the truth was, Elisha's truth in this story was what? We have more on our side. And not only that, ours are on fire. And so truth is another antidote to fear. The next thing, pray, and then pray some more. In fact, this is one of the things that we see show up in Scripture is the fact that we need to pray. Philippians 4, 6, he says, Paul writes, he said, if you're anxious about things, what do you need to do? Pray about them. But what prayer does is it takes our eyes off of the army that surrounds us and it puts them on the God who delivers us. Fear panics. Faith prays. Elisha, it says in verse number 17, he prayed. In verse number 18, it said he prayed again. But prayer changes our focus. And it actually breaks that obsession that we have with whatever it is that's in front of us. And prayer releases us from its power. And it says, okay, I see something different here. And so we can pray that God would deliver us. We can pray that God would give us perspective. We can pray that God would give us peace. But the whole thing here is you can't do it on your own, and you shouldn't try to do it on your own. And the reason that you're scared is because you're thinking that you have to do it on your own. And prayer is like, okay. Oh, yeah, this is a with us proposition. This is a truth proposition. And, and this is a God proposition, too. God can handle anything that you are dealing with. That's not like a new statement, is it? But God can handle anything that you're dealing with and that you're facing. He is in control. And admittedly, he doesn't always do exactly what you think he should do. But he's in control. And he can handle it. And if you will commit yourself to prayer, well, then you could take off your glasses then too, right? The next thing here, look. Look beyond and look further. And this is what I love is the... Servant wakes up in the morning and looks out and sees the army that's surrounding. 
And what does Elisha say? No, you need to look a little further than that. And when we deal with fearful situations in our life, that's what happens is we look at the situation, we look at the threat, we look at what it is that's surrounding us, and we fail to look beyond it. Now, I'm not just talking about looking at God, that's looking up, but we can look beyond that. Just about, I mean, how many times in your life have you already faced fearful situations and you're now on the other side of them? Like, Miss Healy is no longer an issue for me. But we all have those situations. And what we need to do is realize that there is another side to that fear. We, we may have to go through it. It may be hard. But we can get to the other side. And maybe it's just a matter of hanging on to the other side. But maybe it's realizing that the other side is where God's trying to get us. And the only way that we get there is by going through what we're going through. But he wants us over here. And so we need to look beyond. We need to look further. We need to look into those hills where the horses are. Most of our growth in life, if you realize this, comes by our working through difficult situations that probably in that moment were very frightening. And yet that's how our faith was increased. And actually when I say look beyond, that's the point here, is that we adopt a posture of faith to say, you know what, God's in this. God's allowing this. God's using this. And I'm going to get through this. And on the other side of this, I'm going to experience something that maybe I never would have experienced before if that hadn't happened. Now, if I'm the servant of Elisha, I don't get up in the morning, look around, and see the army there and think, this is going to be a good day. And yet it was an incredible day. And maybe it is what you're staring at right now. You're saying, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And God's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not done yet. It's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. It could be difficult. But on the other side of this, there's a greater purpose. So faith is an antidote then to fear. Why is Elisa so secure? Because he's gone through stuff like this before. And God's always come through every single time. So why should I get all worked up about this one? If God had it in the past, he'll have it here again. And that's the idea of looking beyond, that God will get us to the other side. And if you're willing to look beyond, well, then you could take off those glasses. Lastly here, just do the brave thing. Sometimes the way that we deal with fear is we just like wade into it, like right up to our eyeballs. Yeah, is it horrible and like emotionally draining and all that? Yeah, it is. But sometimes you just have to do that. Now, that can look different ways. Uh, part, of, you know, part of the brave thing here for Elisha and the servant was just to be like, to be calm. To keep perspective. What's also brave is when they start to come, not to run, but to just pray and say, okay, God, how about if you strike them with blindness? And when they're there, just say, you know what, guys, follow me. We never see Elisha get worked up, but we don't see him run from the situation either. They come at him. He stands there, stands his ground. He says, you guys follow me. He does what he needs to do. Sometimes we just need to do the brave thing and act with confidence, even when we don't feel confident. Because some things are only going to be resolved if you will take action. And sometimes it's just God waiting for us to take some action, and then he does his thing. So action then becomes an antidote to fear. 
Sometimes we just have to take that step so that God does his thing. So when you got up this morning, you went and looked outside, and it was raining again. And you looked again. Did you see an army surrounding your house? Me neither. But maybe there's an army of fear that's surrounding your life. And maybe this morning you went and stood at the window and you looked at those fears that surrounded you and you put on your sunglasses or you put on your dark glasses, which would be a better way to describe them, and you walked out into life this way. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I don't think I can get past this. Like, and all those things that run through your mind or run through your gut, and you're going through your life living in fear. And God says, you know what? I got a word for you here. It's the same word that Elisha gave. This is what it is. Don't be afraid. Choose not to be afraid. Remind yourself of the fact that God is with you. Keep your perspective and look for the truth. Pray. See what you haven't been seeing and look beyond whatever it is that's got you scared. And then do the brave thing. And if you'll do that, the darkness is cared for. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word, for the encouragement that we get from it. God, we all have our fears. Every person in this room has them. It's just part of our nature. But I pray that you would help us this morning to see that you have a way through these fears. Let me just ask two questions here this morning. The first one, a lot of times people fear is death. They fear what comes after. And you know what? That's probably a healthy fear. But we don't have to fear it because Jesus died on the cross. And he died on the cross. So that we don't have to experience spiritual death. We can find forgiveness and live eternally. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ, he can take care of that fear that's coming into your life. And I encourage you where you sit this morning to invite him in to your lives. Forgive your sins. To to give you eternal life. Maybe you are a Christ follower, but fears are still holding you back in some ways. Fears are occupying your mind or your emotions, and, and fears are just oppressing you. Which of these steps, or maybe it's several of these steps, do you need to take this morning? Sitting and listening is not going to solve the fear. Sitting and listening and doing nothing is like walking out of here with the dark glasses on. How will you take the glasses off? Is it through truth? Is it through prayer? Is it through faith? Is it through just being brave? What do you need to do? God, you tell us not to fear. So we beg you this morning to give us the faith and the courage that we need to live. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hang on, hang on, one second. I know you were, but I wasn't. This is a song that a lot of our kids like, too. The battle belongs to the Lord. It fits with the story we just heard. Kids, if you want to come up here on stage and help us sing that, come on up, and we're going to finish with Battle Belongs to the Lord. All right, come on up, guys. Come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs>